uh, Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb, right? He's got the vision for it. He's saying you can work from wherever forever, right? He's got that new policy. So this is like the ideal case, right? You've got this, <laughs> he's got offices, mini offices and co-working spaces built into his business model all around the world, right? Oh, we can actually manage for this. We can actually measure this. We, this is not just something that we're like, oh, we happen to have a good culture. Oh, like things are sort of weird now. What do we do? Are you struggling to attract, engage, and retain the best talent? The answer may be in purpose. Today, I'm speaking with author, consultant, and educator Josh Levine. Josh is a graphic designer turned brand strategist, but in recent years has been on a mission to help organizations design a culture advantage. His book, Great Mondays, was listed as one of Book Authority's best culture books of all time. Today, Josh and I speak about the importance of purpose, the six elements of designing and managing winning cultures, and how great cultures allow you to shape an employee value proposition that lets you attract, engage, and retain the best talent. So let's dive in. Hey, Josh, welcome. Thanks so much for being on. Uh, maybe just in like one or two minutes, can you kind of uh, describe how you ended up finding Good Mondays? Well, Good Mondays were always the case, but now it's Great Mondays. I got to find oh, Great I'm, Mondays. I'm, great Mondays. Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in the brand strategy world. I actually started as a graphic designer and ended up being mm. a brand strategist for an agency in San Francisco for a long time. And when I left that agency, I realized that the most effective work was the one was the kind of work where we actually got to engage folks on the inside, the employees, because otherwise it's you're making these brand promises, quote unquote, but then the company couldn't deliver on it. And so when I left, I realized there was not really anybody doing this kind of work where connecting that purpose, connecting that work the story, the reason for this brand to exist to the inside. They didn't have the ability to, to, you know, act in the right way to make business decisions. And so hmm. I kind of just ran full speed. As soon as I had that like realization, I was like, that's really where I want to put my energy and my focus. And if we can, right, it's not just to help a business, but if we can do that, we can get these people engaged, finding the right place for them hmm. and being able to, give them a, a way to be more productive and more fulfilled in their kind of work. And so it's it's really a way of kind of helping both the business, the people inside the business that are making the business go and ultimately create better, you know, happier customers. And and so that's that's what eventually I learned was called culture. I didn't know what it was at the time. But <laughs> that was it. And the the concept of Great Mondays, you know, being a brand guy, it was sort of like, that's it. That's what it is. And so that was 2008. Here we are 15 plus years later. Beautiful. And I see that you mentioned purpose a lot in your work. <laughs> purpose has always been super important. Obviously, I also come from the brand world. So I know in brand it's important, but it's even more important in culture. How has the role of purpose changed in the last couple of years, especially now that we've switched to more remote and, and hybrid yeah. work models? It's really become more, even more important in that when uh, and you, your listeners have probably felt this if they're in a hybrid, even just a hybrid or any remote situation, mm. you don't have as many connections to, you don't feel as closely connected or as strongly connected to the company. You're just at home. Now, of course, you're seeing your colleagues and all this stuff, but you don't have those physical reminders of what you're doing and, and for whom you're doing it, right? It's almost like you've distilled it down to simply tasks. 
And that is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. We're really trying to get people to understand and be engaged in the work. That's how you find purposeful work. You understand why you're doing the thing. And that has changed because we're not going into the office and we're not seeing our colleagues. Mm. And so ultimately, you know, purpose is even more important, this reason. So if we define purpose, why you're in business beyond making money, that's why we're doing this day in and day out. And ultimately, it's what connects the tasks to one another and creates an image or a picture and meaning in the world. That's what we need as humans is, hmm. is meaning. We need something to connect to. And you're working basically with companies to help them find their purpose. Like, what does that look like? Well, yes, that is one of the things. I mean, I wrote a book also called Great Mondays. And in it, the reason I wrote a book is because I felt there was no framework for understanding how to actually engage, manage, and design culture. Mm. It's always been sort of a reaction like, oh, shit, we should probably offer some better employee benefits or maybe we should serve, you know, have a better happy hour or whatever it is. And so Mm. in my mind, what I realized is, you know, in those early days is that you can actually design it to be something that you're managing. It's a business function. And so I work with a lot of high growth, high tech enterprises, as well as some social enterprise organizations to build a culture platform, a way of understanding what the expectations are around for employees, what they get, what they give. And so Mm. in the book, I've listed six components of culture. The first of those, of course, starts with purpose, your why. That's your North Star. Mm. That in and of itself, it will give you the purpose, will give you that energy and that connection, but it's not going to solve for everything. Mm. So you need to build through that. I'll just quickly rattle off the other ones, right? So the first one's purpose. Then you go to values. Values are your guardrails or the three to five most important things that you need to do in order to, you know, move the business forward, kind of make your way towards that purpose. Behaviors is number three. Behaviors are the reason why culture is important. This is the reason why we're talking about this. It's helping employees make better decisions day in and day out. Mm. So the first three are all about the design, purpose, values, behaviors. The second three are about activation or operationalization. So just because you have a map on the wall and you know where you're headed doesn't mean you're there. (laughs) You're Mm. not, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, great. Now we have values. Now we have a purpose. Now what? We still are dealing with humans that have habits and, you know, emotions and connect, you know, it's, it's all this stuff. So now we have to actually establish a system. So we do that Mm. through recognition rituals and cues. So those are the four, five, and six. So recognition, we all know about recognition and rewards programs. And I have a lot of thoughts about that. I won't go into too (laughs) deeply, but what I will say is that you need to make sure that your rewards and recognition are rewarding and recognizing values-driven behaviors, not just mm. random, like, because otherwise you're just like, you know, you saying like, what is it that you're trying to reward? Because you have this opportunity to incentivize people and to say, hey, this is what's mm. important. And most of the time it's just about making more widgets, right? Making more sales. But culture is about how we do that. Yeah. So that's recognition. Rituals is the thing we're probably going to talk a little bit more about in this conversation because it's about building and strengthening relationships. Mm. These are the things that we do to really make sure that we have strong relationships, which are the synapses of culture. And then finally, cues, which I mentioned up top with our uh, sort of we're lacking cues now because we don't live in the office anymore. 
cues are the physical, digital, behavioral reminders as to what we're doing and what we're trying to stay connected to, which is, you know, what we talked about. So the sort of traditional like 1992 version of a cue is the mission statement up on the wall of the cafeteria, but now we don't have that. So you need to establish all sorts of different ways of connecting people to the purpose and the values and the goals of the of the group. And so there's all sorts of stuff there anyways. And it's a cycle. And then we have to connect it back to the purpose and the values. And so to me, that's that's what we need is a system, a framework edges to be able to go oh we can actually manage for this we can actually measure this we, mm-hmm. this is not just something that we're like oh we happen to have a good culture oh like things are sort of weird now what do we do you can actually manage for it and that's what i'm trying to do is help more businesses understand that it is something that you can do and you should do it's a big investment and a big you know if you can get it right and you are consistent with it you can really really make a big difference inside your business and as you said it's it's more important than ever yeah it is i mean so if you're not doing anything well so let's first establish every company has a culture mm-hmm. whether you're paying attention to it or not right so you might as well because <laughs> otherwise could end up that it's okay. Mm-hmm. But why don't we apply the kind of rigor and, and analytics to it, right? Like we need to be paying attention to this. So that's one. But there was what we realized now, and this goes back to your first question. What we realized now is that there was a lot of work being done by the square footage of these offices. Mm -hmm. By that, I mean, you're in the same room with people and you're able to have relationships with those people and you're able to see the managers, you're able to have meetings in the room, you're able to see the the company, right? It's almost a person, the office was the personification, right? It's like, I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. Now you're not going to anything. You're just putting, you know, trading your pajama pants for regular pants. If you're, you know, if if at all, if at all, exactly. (laughs) I'm going to take a shower maybe. And so if you don't have those things around you, then here we're in this situation where it's all sort of dematerialized. And so Mm. what is the business now? Mm. It's all, it's relationships. It's becoming the essence of the work, Mm. which is awesome, but it's also really vexing for leaders because you don't have the ability, those cubes sitting next to each other were the way that we conceived of work. It's the way that we connected with one another and did the work. But now we don't have that. So what is it we're doing? And so when you have the reactionary leaders saying, no, you got to come back, it's because they don't understand that there's a whole new way that needs to be created. Now, folks that have the vision for it, Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb, right? He's got the vision for it. He's saying you can work from wherever forever, right? He's got that new policy. Mm -hmm. So this is like the ideal case, right? You've got this... (laughs) <laughs> He's got offices, mini offices and co-working spaces built into his business model all around the world, right? So you can do this. It's all, you know, digital collar work, right? It's all sort of creative, you know, anything that can be done remotely. So you've got this perfect situation and he's thinking about this. And the what he's done is not just, okay, send everybody home and that's it. Thanks. You can I'll just assume you're going to do your work. What he's done is establish some caveats. And the most important in my mind is actually he said, you can work forever from wherever, but you have to get together with your team in person for at least a week 
every quarter. Mm-hmm. And he's actually got four other aspects to, you know, kind of basic rules to this policy. And so to me, what he's done is thought really hard about how he wants to continue to define what the work is, how the business is experienced and personified, and how to continue to build and strengthen relationships between the individual and their work, the individual and their team, and the individual and the company itself. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, I believe Mm. you're already starting to feel it. If not, you'll feel it in the next 12 to 18 months, that sort of degradation of connection. And all of a sudden, you're going to be way out here floating by yourself, having Zoom meetings. And it's like, what's going to keep me from just moving? I don't, there's no friction. I can move wherever I want to go. Hey, and Josh, I know you also worked for Credit Karma. Can you share a little bit about that case study? I worked with for Credit Karma to define their values. And um, in through that process, we actually defined a purpose statement for them, right? So, hmm. so Credit Karma is an American-based financial services company. You know, I don't know, they would say digital financial services acquired by Intuit for a gazillion dollars. And, you know, they basically help will provide your credit score for you for free and, you know, give you the ability to kind of see what affects it and what doesn't. And there's a couple different products that'll do that. And then they'll sell other services on top of that. They'll sell you mainly, you know, it's the credit card, like, oh, you have great credit, then let me match you with a good credit card. That's how they make a lot of their money. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if we think about what we're trying to do by giving people the ability to manage their credit, it's to help them be their best financial selves. And so, what I was, you know, thinking about using my brand, you know, my brand chops to connect it back to the meaning of the the name, right? Karma, be your best self. And you can use that to help people understand that, look, yes, you know, we are offering credit cards, but that's mm. one of the mechanisms. We have a lot of different things that we can do. We can offer new features and benefits. The goal is to help people take control of their financial lives. So you can imagine, oh, should we offer a financial dashboard? Mm. Does it help people be their best financial selves? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I think it passes that sort of brand culture product alignment. And so that purpose statement really starts to focus you. Like, what is it we're trying to do here again? Like, what is it I'm showing up to do? And so that's a really great example of how a purpose statement isn't just up in the clouds, right? It's this idea that a lot helps people get aligned with the intent of the company. So Mm. when I think about culture, right, it's identify, codify, and then operationalize. So what we have to do is we have to identify, we have to say it to each other. Hey, what are we doing here? What are we trying to do? Right. And it's not just more, you know, feeds and speeds or features and benefits or, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. make more widgets or whatever. It's what are we trying to do here? And, you know, I worked early on a friend of mine, a friend of mine still runs. He runs a really actually a fairly successful quick serve restaurant in the San Francisco Bay Area called Proposition Chicken. They only serve chicken, which I love. (laughs) Um, And you can get it one of three ways, fried, flipped or fake. And you can get it on a salad, a sandwich, or as a plate. Those are your options. That's it. Done. <laughs> so first of all, I think that's brilliant from a brand perspective. Proposition chicken. Anyways, so their definition, it doesn't have to be everything in the world. Like we were working together and they're like, Josh, we just serve chicken. And it's like, all right. Yeah. So to serve the best chicken and pretty yummy people too. And so it's mm-hmm. like that purpose statement 
is okay. That's I get it. Mm. And yummy people too is kind of the 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 second piece, and it's in parentheses, but it's really what it's all about. Is like sounds fun. It, yeah, it sounds fun, and it connects you to that. And and we have a whole brand, whole culture guide for them, and they use it to hire people, and they mm. use it to hire the, the employees. Every single person that's every manager that's hiring employee has that. You know, here are the values. Here is the purpose statement. Here's how we think about this. This is what you're looking for. And so it's, this is a scalable, this is scalable. This is something that a 10,000 person company can do. You can teach your hiring managers. You can teach them and say, hey, look, this is what our values are. This is what we're looking for. You know, what are their personal values? How do they align? And I'm not just talking about like white tech bros hiring white tech bros. It's about, the intent. Are you excited about what we do here? You know, can you, do you believe in this idea that, you know, you know, we have these particular values and that this is what it means. Mm. Can you get behind that? And that's, you know, to me, that's really, really powerful. That's where you start to see the rubber meet the road. You know, when you think about building a culture platform, when you think about setting these expectations, identify, codify, put it down on paper and then make sure that you can start to use it and activate it. I don't just want to see totally. the yeah. values on the wall and then back to business. When we're talking about purpose and culture and we start getting into, okay, what can individual managers do? I love that idea of even individual managers and even individual contributors can contribute to the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Elliott from Slack, who we had on a few episodes ago, he talked about people always say that people don't leave companies, they leave managers actually yep. they leave teams right because yep. you can even deal with a manager if the rest of the team is really great so adding that one great team member it can help a lot another question is about employee engagement okay so we talked about a lot of the higher up stuff right so purpose uh, statement and we talked about building culture and the framework for building culture and then maintaining it over time Another big thing that people are really curious about now is about how to engage employees, right? So yeah, you may have that, again, that big purpose, but how can I activate that and use that to, again, keep people engaged, which I think a lot of companies would interpret as, please just don't quit. (laughs) Please don't quit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Before it was like, you know, work harder. Now it's just, please don't quit. So good news, bad news. The good news is that there are things that you can do. Hmm. The bad news is that it takes a little bit of coordinating and there's a couple different aspects to it. There's not just a thing. Okay. You know, number one, which we've all seen the data on is the impact. Like, what are you doing, right? So we've already talked about connecting to the purpose, but purpose is up in the clouds. How can you help your team, the people on your team, get closer to what you're doing, get closer to the customer. The customer can be an individual or it can be an enterprise. It can be the person buying the product, B2B, B2C, D2C, whatever it is. We still have everybody's got a customer. And I think that there is a complete dearth inside of, especially inside tech companies, of understanding you know who the customer really is and what they're doing. And to be able to almost build out case studies or, you know, celebrate these customers, think about bringing them in. In the book, I kind of talk about like, you know, best, and it's not an employee of the month, it's the customer of the month. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you bring these people closer to the customer? So to me, that's what we're understanding. You're like, oh, that's what I'm trying to do. 
So let's just knock that out first. So the other tool that I will, and I lean heavily on tools, I think about tools all the time, right? Because it's the right one is going to help you be able to do the job yourself. I don't want to be there forever. Mm. And I think about one of the tools that we build for our clients are culture-driven employer value propositions. And the value proposition is the way that we think about it is like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it goes from at the very bottom is sort of you need kind of the basics and you need to fulfill that before you get to the next one. Hmm. So five P's, the five P's of the employer, the Great Monday's like employer value proposition, right? So it goes package, potential, people, purpose, and pedigree. Hmm. Okay. So package is me now. Potential is me in the future. People is we now. Purpose is we in the future. And then you have that kind of expansiveness of pedigree, which I'll get into in just a second. So at the very bottom, this is all the stuff that everybody has package. Are you Mm. paying them enough? Are you paying them a fair wage? What are your health benefits? Do I have to worry about childcare, which a lot of people are saying, yes, that's why it's a big deal because it's done a package, right? It's the basics. Yeah. Are you giving people the amount of time they need? Is it, you know, onerous? You have to stay late too often. So it's this kind of like me now, what am I doing for me now? Let's say we've got all that. Great. Okay. Now we've got me in the future. What does mm. this allow me to do? Getting this job. Is it a resume builder? Oh, Hey, I see you, you know, like you've got, now you've got Google on your resume or you've got this new network of people, or there is some sort of path. You're learning something inside the organization. How are you as a manager helping this person move forward in their career And what is this job doing for them? Hmm. So that's me in the future. Then you've got your people. We've talked about that, your team and your manager, and then your larger group. And that is really important. And it's becoming really hard and we're losing that part. So when you're thinking about either using this as, hey, come and work for us, employer value proposition, or, hey, I want to keep you engaged, employer value proposition. Mm -hmm. It's not just, I like the people I work with. It's who works there, what team are they on, and what are they like? Because I'd like to be similar to them, or I'd like to grow Mm. with them, or I, I have something to offer them. Right. So it's like, oh, look at these really smart, innovative people. How can I, you know, I'm I'm aspiring, whether we want to call it out or not, I'm aspiring to be similar to them. That's what I'm thinking about. Wow, this office is filled with really creative, wild people, right? Like that's Josh's like, that's what I would love is like work at a place with really wild, creative people, amazingly do all this cool stuff. Yeah. Right. So that's we now. Who am I working with? How are they teaching me? And then purpose we've talked about. We in the future. What are we working on? What are we working on together? Hmm. And then finally, at the top of the pyramid is pedigree. And pedigree, in this case, I'm talking about what has changed for me once I leave this company. If we think about the biggest, if you've fulfilled all those other needs, right? If you give, you know, competitive salary and healthcare, reasonable hours, you know, not being overworked all the time. You've got your potential. You've got to, you describe, you know, you're saying, hey, here's your learning path. Here's what you're going to get. Maybe we get, you know, bonuses, whatever that is. Mm. You've got great people and you've got a purpose statement. Now you're thinking about how do you articulate to your team or to the candidate, hey, once you leave here, you'll be able to say X, Y, and Z. 
I'm going to look back at your time here at this company, right? You may have heard, like heard that phrase, you know. Oh, I look back at my time at this company and I, you know, without this company, I wouldn't have the kind of network I have and the skills that I have yeah, and totally. to be able mm-hmm. to then launch my own business, to then be able to go and become a, this, ex, you know, whatever that might be. One of my students is talking about mm-hmm. writing an article called Everyone Has a Moonshot. Mm. This is what that is. It's like, what do you aspire to do? What do you aspire to be? I mean, I love that. could be someone that wants to be in the leadership position in that same company. Fantastic, yeah. right? It's legacy. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And And so that to me is a comprehensive plan for thinking about engagement. Yeah. It's that's the that's really the piece of this that can make a big difference. Yeah. But what I like about it, it pulls in a lot of the different things we're talking about. Mm. You know, having a best friend at work, having a purpose statement, having a competitive salary or employee matching, you know, whatever the stock matching program or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's got all of those pieces, but you have to do it in the right order mm-hmm. because it won't matter if you're talking about your purpose statement if I can't you know, if I'm struggling to get to the doctor's office and I, I can't take care of the kids. Totally, yeah. Right? So it's it really aligns that in, in an interesting way. So anyways, that's the way I like to think about it. And, you know, engagement's a tough nut to crack because it's multifaceted, it's complex, mm-hmm. and it requires a little bit of coordination. But if you're a good leader, if you're someone that is able to demonstrate that you care about your people – They'll mm. forgive you for some of those flaws while you're working on it, right? While you're getting towards that the top of that pyramid. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like more than just engaging people, this is also a great proposition to attract new talent, of course. right? Because if either directly from the company or through your network, word of mouth, you hear about a place like that where all those five Ps are in place, that's super attractive. I would want to be a part of that. I almost feel excited to work for this company and it doesn't even exist. Exactly, right? So it's attract, engage, retain, right? And that's what we're trying to do. Mm. You know, when you got your, you know, specifically creating a tool like the employer value proposition, you're, or you're building out a culture platform mm. when you're articulating, you know, your values, which are guidance on none of that stuff that we just talked about is how you do your work. Values are how you do your work, right? Rewarding that work, rewarding how we're going to help people make better decisions. We're going to hire the smartest people, but then we have to give them the ability to go, oh, this is how I make a good decision. Oh, this is what success looks like at that company. When you've got yeah. that, those two two things, when you've got those kinds of things happening, mm. You know, it takes a while to get them in place, but once you do, now you're really cooking. Now you're going to get people who are going to stay at this company for a while. And we all know the longer people stay, the more value that they can create. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why retention, obviously, is such a big topic for companies and why I think especially now mm-hmm. companies are worried about it a lot more and why it's so much more difficult now because, again, all these things kind of happened by default, right? Yep. By being near each other, yep. osmosis. Now suddenly we have yep. to create it from scratch. We have to design it. We have to implement it. And then we have to optimize it, as you said. I have to actually go in. Managers and leaders actually have to go, oh, I have a whole nother job to do here. <laughs> I have to I have to like invent <laughs> this, right. right? We're talking about the future of work. This is, I yeah. have to do a thing now. And yeah. so, you know, it's going to take a little bit for people for it to sink in because they're going to have to get, you know, suffer through it a bit. To go, Mm. oh, this is really important, you guys, right? Like, I know, I'm sure you've been there too, right? You're like, well, we should, but I'm really busy doing this thing, putting out this fire. So it's like, they really need to get religion, as we say. For sure, someone has to internalize this and say, this is what I need for my company, and it's going to be worth it. And now let's all 
get together and do it. Priority. Which leads to my last question, which is really, yeah, how do you measure the impact of purpose? Because it is such a big thing. How do you measure the impact? How do you make the business case for investing in purpose? Yeah, I think I go back to alignment, to understanding what it is that I'm doing. Mm. And I think you can go around and say, you know, and ask people, it's a simple question, right? It's one simple question, but it's like, how is what you're doing contributing to moving this business in the right direction, contributing to the purpose? Mm. How are you, right? Another way of thinking about it, right? How are you helping the customer? And if you're able to, you know, obviously it's, you know, when you're thinking about like asking a Okay, um, we've come to the end of the time. Super interesting discussion. Any final thought on the future? What does the future of work look like? What is a wish that you have mm. for the future of work? I see a neon sign behind you, by the way, that says yeah. love and work. <laughs> uh, it says live, work, right? So balance both live and work. Although you're not the first person to read love into it. It says a lot about about you that you're reading love into it. I do love work. I do love what I do. Um, that's not to say that it's not hard, but I hope that more people are able to find, I hope that more companies are able to articulate why they're in business hmm. and support, you know, be able to support humans in a way that is more than just shareholder driven. And, you know, at the end of the day, we do live in a capitalist society, but we can do great things with hmm. businesses done in the right way. And there's a lot of pressure to do things right away all the time, you know, immediately. But I think the pendulum's yeah. swinging, swinging the other direction. And so, My hope is that we're able to at least step back from the immediacy short-term value thinking and be able to think more on a longer time scale because that's really when we're going to, and as I'm getting older, closer to 50, I, I have more experience to look back on and I'm like, oh... Yeah, sure. I mean, you're you know you have these startups, and they're like, okay, we're going to be first to market. We're going to move. You know, I mean, all that's is true. But ultimately, what you're doing is is real, and hmm. you're able to step back and go, we're creating real real value, and we're confident in that. We don't have to yeah. drop the end of the year sale, right? Like we don't have to do the you know like yes. we gotta we yeah. gotta blow out all the whatevers. You know, it's it's a longer term thinking, and and that to me is when we're going to be able to go, oh, yeah, I need to make decisions that are going to support the value of this longer term. I love that. Josh, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for for having me. All right. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Thank you. That was Josh Levine, a company culture strategist who wrote the best-selling book, Great Mondays, How to Design a Company Culture That Employees Love. And here are some of the lessons to apply today. Number one is the importance of purpose. So purpose, why you're in business beyond making money, is even more important now as we don't see each other that often. Purpose connects us as people and it gives us meaning, which is a main motivator for us humans. Number two is around designing and managing culture. So in Josh's book, Great Mondays, he lays out a framework for designing and managing culture. It starts with purpose, your North Star, but then goes into values, behaviors, recognition and rewards, rituals and cues. And following a framework like this means that you can finally manage, measure and optimize your culture. 
The third insight is about purpose meaning business. A purpose statement isn't just up in the clouds. I think Josh's Credit Karma case study shows clearly that aligning on a clear purpose can influence your product and drive business results. Credit Karma, for example, wanted their people to be their best financial selves, which meant that a financial dashboard will help their customers but also provide great business opportunities. And finally, culture and the employee value proposition. The best cultures, as Josh shared, tie directly to the employee engagement and the employee value proposition. This means it's a great way to attract, engage and retain employees and you can do that with his five P's. Package, meaning money, potential, people, purpose and pedigree. So that's it for today. Please join me again in the new year as I speak with Debbie Lovich, the Senior Partner and Managing Director of Boston Consulting Group about flexible work and AI. I hope to see you then.